My name is Al Getz, and this is a special Valentine's Day edition of Stats 101, featuring a look at the three biggest feuds of one Johnny Valentine during his mid-Atlantic run in the mid-1970s. In the fall of 1973, George Scott returned to the Mid-Atlantic Territory, reportedly after suffering a back injury while wrestling in Texas. Scott returned to the Carolinas not to wrestle, but to be the booker for the territory, which was undergoing some changes in the wake of Jim Crockett Sr.'s death back in April of that year. Two of the first big moves that George Scott made was bringing in two new heels. First was the Destroyer, who was Don the Spoiler Jardine. Not too long after he came in, they switched his ring name from The Destroyer to The Super Destroyer. The other was Johnny Valentine. Both men were quickly pushed to main event status, and Valentine won the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight title in a match with Jerry Briscoe in December 1973 when Briscoe was injured. Now, in reality, Briscoe was going to Japan, and this was a way to protect Briscoe in the storyline by not having him get pinned. Valentine held the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight title for much of the next year and a half before losing it to Wahoo McDaniel in June 1975. This cleared the way for Valentine to win a newly created title, the United States Heavyweight Championship, just days after he lost the Mid-Atlantic belt to Wahoo. Harley Race had been billed as the first U.S. champion, with the promotion claiming he won it in a nationwide tournament. Valentine defeated Harley to win the title on July 3rd, and held it until the infamous plane crash on October 4th of that year that ended Valentine's in-ring career. Using the newly created FLW statistic, which I talked about last month on Stats 101, I'm going to look at the three biggest feuds Valentine had during this legendary run in Mid-Atlantic. A brief recap, FLW stands for Feud Length in Weeks, and it's meant to approximate the length of a feud across the territory. It takes into account not only the total number of matches between two wrestlers or two teams, but where on the cards those matches took place and how they are distributed over time. A series of matches that happen several nights a week for several weeks will have a higher FLW score than a series of matches that happens once a week or once every other week, even if those matches happened over a longer period of time. Johnny Valentine's three biggest feuds in this territory, as measured by feud length and weeks, were, at number three, Valentine versus Paul Jones, number two, Valentine versus Wahoo McDaniel, and number one, Valentine versus Sonny King. Using house show records provided by Mark Eastridge and Dick Bourne of the Mid-Atlantic Gateway website, we find that Johnny had over 40 singles matches against each of these three wrestlers during his Mid-Atlantic run. Let's first talk about number three on the list, Johnny Valentine versus Paul Jones, with an FLW of 7.22 weeks. Johnny and Paul had at least 49 singles matches, which took place over a period of one and a half years. Their first singles match in this territory took place in April 1974, and the last one was in September 1975. 
This feud really took off after a television angle where Valentine had been offering 1,000 silver dollars to anybody who could defeat him in 10 minutes or less. After successfully fending off challenges from a number of wrestlers typically slotted lower on the cards, Johnny was challenged by Paul Jones. Johnny at first didn't want to accept the challenge, but Paul said he'd put up 1,000 silver dollars of his own, and if he didn't beat Valentine in the 10 minutes, then Paul would forfeit the money to him. Valentine at this point accepted, and when the match took place, Jones was the aggressor while Valentine was playing defense, trying to stall and run out the clock. Valentine's strategy pretty much worked, and late in the match, Jones got Valentine in an abdominal stretch, but Valentine refused to give up, gutting it out until the time limit expired, thus winning Paul's money and retaining his own money. On our blog at chartingtheterritories.com, I list all the matches between Paul and Johnny that took place in four of the territory's weekly towns, Charlotte, Columbia, Greenville, and Raleigh. You can see the big stipulation matches between the two that happened in those towns, including lumberjack matches, Texas death matches, and at least one steel cage match, in addition to numerous matches for Valentine's Mid-Atlantic title. There are also links to a more detailed description of the silver dollar angle from the Mid-Atlantic Gateway site, which also includes some audio from the angle. And speaking of audio, let's listen in as Johnny Valentine and Paul Jones are interviewed to promote an upcoming bout in Charlotte. Fans, I've invited Paul Jones here and the champ Johnny Valentine to join me. First, before talking to them, let me remind you, wrestling tonight, Spartanburg, Wahoo McDaniel, The Avenger, Ivan Koloff, Super Destroyer, Mr. Fuji, and others. Don't forget, exciting Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling returns to Spendale next Saturday, December 14th. This Monday at Charlotte's Park Center, you're going to see some outstanding bouts. Mr. Fuji against Danny Miller, Ivan Koloff beating Sweet Hansen, and the reason I have these two gentlemen here... Johnny Valentine, the champ, against Paul Jones. And Paul, your chance to get at the champion. Well, I'll tell you what, Bill, I know she call him a champ, and the only reason he is a champion is because of things like uh, this Monday night, he's not putting up the belt against number one, Paul Jones. Now, I don't know if he's scared. Matter of fact, I, I think he is scared to put up the belt because uh, he knows that I have the ability to beat him and take the belt away from him. And you notice that he, he's not wearing the belt right now, he's carrying it. Well, he should carry it around because he's not going to keep it very long because as soon as he puts up that belt, I'm going to take it away from him. Now, Monday night, I'm going to show this man who number one is. Okay, now you've heard uh, uh, Paul Jones. Do you have an answer to it? Oh, I have an answer. The answer is I am champ, and I'm champ for a reason. I don't run away from matches. It took a hard match to win this belt. I've had a lot of hard matches defending it. Now, I don't underestimate Paul Jones, even though he doesn't look like a wrestler. He's not big enough to be a wrestler. I still don't underestimate him because he is a, he is a, he's got all the talent there is going for him. He knows wrestling, but he doesn't scare me. I don't worry about him ever taking this belt, much less even winning a match. And every match is important, whether it's a title match or not, because my reputation's at stake, and I fight just as hard non-title matches as title matches. Monday night, Charlotte's Park Center. Don't miss it. Johnny Valentine's second biggest feud in Mid-Atlantic was against Wahoo McDaniel. They had at least 48 singles matches against one another over the course of about 13 months, and this feud had an FLW of 7.49. On the blog, I list all the Valentine versus Wahoo singles bouts in Charlotte, Columbia, Greenville, and Raleigh. 
In two of those towns in the spring of 1975, they faced off in a 2000 silver dollar challenge, playing off the TV angle that had begun uh, the previous summer. It's worth noting that quite a few of the singles matches between these two took place in some of the larger venues that were run less frequently, including buildings in Greensboro, Winston-Salem, and Asheville. While Paul Jones faced Valentine in Charlotte 11 different times in singles matches, Valentine and Wahoo only had one singles match in the Queen City. Now, one of the things I've learned over the last few years, and I've talked about this often on this podcast and also on the regular Charting the Territories podcast, is that in different territories at different times, feuds didn't always follow a strict pattern from town to town. When you look at the matches in each city and when they occurred, how many times they occurred, and what stipulation matches were held, there's not always a set pattern. A feud can last longer in some towns than others, and oftentimes this was based on how well it drew in each town. Here's some audio of Charlie Harville commentating on an impromptu TV bout between Wahoo and Valentine with the crowd going batshit crazy in the background. Hey, how about that? Johnny Valentine coming into the ring right now against Wahoo McDaniel. They're not supposed to wrestle. Angelo Martinelli looking on. Boy, well, they don't like each other. Ooh. Ooh. Don't forget, Wahoo just finished one tough fight, and now he's in another tough fight with Johnny Valentine. Valentine here, but he said, he said to Martinelli, just get out of the way. I've never seen a grudge match like this. Well, Wahoo is still ready to go. Johnny Valentine's biggest feud in Mid-Atlantic based on FLW was against Sonny King. Now, of these three feuds, this is probably the one mentioned least often by historians. Usually when we think of Valentine in Mid-Atlantic, we talk about his feud with Wahoo first, and then his feud with Paul Jones, and then maybe his feud with Tim Woods, which never really got started. It got started, but it never really got to follow through because of Valentine's plane crash. So it's interesting to note that the highest FLW score was against Sonny King, and they had an FLW of 8.82. They had at least 44 singles matches over a nine-month period of time. So again, let's go back and say of the top three feuds, this one had the least number of matches. It had 44 versus 48 in the Wahoo-Valentine feud and 49 in the Valentine-Jones feud. But these matches took place over a significantly shorter period of time, nine months versus 13 months for the Wahoo feud and 18 months for the Paul Jones feud. Thus, it ended up having a higher FLW score than those other two feuds because that's one of the factors that goes into calculating FLW. The feud with Sonny actually came out of another feud Valentine had in the territory, a feud with Bearcat Wright. It's believed that Bearcat was legitimately injured during a match and needed to take some time off. So the promotion brought in Sonny and billed him as Bearcat's brother, though he still used the Sonny King name. Now, this may not have been the first time Sonny had been brought into a territory and billed as someone's brother. 
1971, Sonny worked in Amarillo as Lightning R. Jones not long after Rufus R. Jones had been in the territory. Part of the feud with Valentine had been a bounty that Johnny placed on Bearcat's head. In storyline, they credited the Super Destroyer as being the one who injured Bearcat, thus collecting the bounty. The feud with Sonny King built to some big stipulation matches in some towns. As with the other two feuds, I list all of the singles bouts between the two in Charlotte, Columbia, Greenville, and Raleigh on the blog. In addition to matches for Valentine's Mid-Atlantic title, they had at least one Texas death match and at least two boxing matches. For one of the boxing matches, the special referee was none other than former boxing great Joe Lewis. And Joe was also the special referee for a regular wrestling match between the two in Charlotte. Here's some audio of promos from The Super Destroyer, Sonny King, Ivan Koloff, and Johnny Valentine building up some house show matches in Virginia. And these interviews were conducted by a young David Crockett. Two exciting wrestling matches will be at the Hampton Roads Coliseum tonight. Ivan Koloff will meet Paul Jones in a Russian chain match. And then Sonny King will take on Johnny Valentine. And... Mr. Super Destroyer, Mr. Bounty Hunter, after Sonny King finishes with Johnny Valentine tonight. It's coming Thursday night in Norfolk at the Scope. He will wrestle you. Well, let me just say this one thing, Sonny King. If you can get past Johnny Valentine tonight in Hampton, then I've got a little surprise for you. I've still got that little check of $7,500 from Johnny Valentine. And you know what? To get to it, Daddy, you gotta get to the Super Destroyer. You gotta get to the mass, and then your big reward is gonna be the $7,500. You know, they don't call me the bounty hunter for nothing. Because when there's money involved, the Super Destroyer is right on the spot, Daddy. He's right there. You're gonna have your brown power. You're gonna have your black power. But when it comes to the green power, man, the Super Destroyer is there to collect. You know, they're sending a boy to do a man's job. You know, a little baby brother all the way down through history has never been able to take care of his big brother's duties. And what makes you think now, Sonny King, that you'll be able to avenge your brother's destruction by taking care of the Super Destroyer? In Norfolk or any other place, you'll never be able to do it, Sonny King. But I'm going to keep the check at ringside, and I'm going to have the mask on. And if you can do what your brother hasn't done, then you will get a double prize, the mask in one hand and a check in the other. Sonny, you ought to be a very happy man because tonight, Hampton Roads Coliseum, you get to wrestle Johnny Valentine. And then... On Thursday night in Norfolk, the Exhibition Hall, you get to wrestle the Bounty Hunter, the Super Destroyer. Well, it's got to be great, you know. Like, I'm getting down to it for the reason of me being here. Valentine and a Destroyer. This is why I'm down here. And I'm down here, and I'm going to do it right in the area, right in the area, that it happened to my brother. So it's going to come in reverse. The destroyer gets out the big smile about here's the check. He's going to put the rig side and, and the mask. And I went up. I didn't come down here for black power, uh, uh, brown power. I came down here for red power. 
you know, because it happened to it, it, it happened to my brother. But now the people are going to get a chance to witness it, man. They're going to get a chance to really come down and watch it. Valentine goes out, spend money, makes makes a big thing out of it. The the, the, the uh, destroyer in turn carrying the checks around, bragging all over. Well, I want to say to Valentine, I want to say to the destroyer, they may have sent a boy to do a man's job. But I want to tell you, thank God for being a big boy, Daddy, because I, I am equivalent to a man. You know what I mean, David? Can you, can you get where I'm coming from? Yeah. So I, I just want to say it to these people that I am going to do it to you, Valentine, but just to, different from the way that you've done it to my brother. Eventually, he'll be out the hospital, and, and, and he's, he's going to walk again. I said, but Valentine, I doubt it's going to happen to you. As far as the destroyer mask goes... Not only the mask is going to come off, man, it's going to be fortunate if he keeps his head on. You know what I mean? Because I am going at the man, and I tell you, I think I can get the job done. Remember, that's tonight, Hampton Roads Coliseum. Sonny King wrestles Johnny Valentine. Also, Ivan Koloff will meet Paul Jones in a chain match. And then on Thursday in Norfolk at the Scope, Sonny King will wrestle the bounty hunter, the super destroyer. There'll be a fantastic wrestling card at the Hampton Roads Coliseum tonight. But on Thursday night, the bounty hunter of the Super Destroyer will meet Sonny King. But tonight, Hampton Roads Coliseum, Sonny King will finish off Johnny Valentine. And then Paul Jones will meet Ivan Koloff in a Russian chain match. Paul Jones, you want to wrestle Koloff? You chase Koloff all over. You want match with Koloff? Now, Paul John, your get match with Koloff. Russian chain match. Koloff wrestle many times. Russian chain match. Always win. Paul John, after Koloff hit you on head, choke you, Paul John. You'll be in hospital. No more, Paul John. Only Koloff. Paul John, you'll be sorry. Koloff kill you. Mr. Valentine, champ. I just love to see people beat with chains and whips, and I'm going to enjoy that match. Now, I have a match with Sonny King. He's going to want to do something to me, but he's going to be disappointed. I really feel pity for his brother, Bearcat Wright, who was out of wrestling, who was hurt, injured, partly because of my bounty. I know Destroyer was thinking of money when he did it. I saw him hit him with that chair over and over again. I think there was more than just wrestling involved. There was money involved. Well, it's done. Now I have to pay, so they say. Well, I'm not going to pay with my body because Sonny King is going to have to pay again, and his poor family is going to lose too. Not only will Bearcat be out on some poor street selling pencils, his brother will be sitting right alongside of him because they'll both be out of wrestling. I don't intend to have anyone touch this body. While I think any fan who followed Mid-Atlantic closely during that time period would have been able to name these three feuds as Johnny's biggest in the territory, for the first time we are actually able to place a number on them using the new feud length in week statistic. And it's also worth noting that of the three feuds, the one that most historians might have considered to be the third biggest feud the one with Sonny King, actually ended up being the biggest based on our FLW statistic because so many matches happened in a short period of time. One of the main goals of charting the territories is to come up with what I always call back-of-the-baseball-card statistics for wrestlers. 
So if we made a trading card for Valentine, we can look at the two years he spent in Mid-Atlantic and identify his biggest feuds, plus also use the spot rating to see where he was positioned on the cards. Speaking of the spot rating, let's talk about Valentine's spot in Mid-Atlantic. From the time he debuted in the fall of 1973 to the plane crash about two years later, his average weekly spot rating was a .98. Remember, the highest possible spot rating is a 1.00 and would mean the wrestler was in the main event of every card he was booked on. Taking that into consideration, a .98 is probably among the highest we'll ever see for a two-year period of time in rarefied air with guys like Bruno, Hogan, Andre at their peaks. Just five weeks after he debuted in the territory, Johnny Valentine's spot rating crossed over the .90 threshold for the first time, and he never looked back after that. In fact, after the second week of 1974, it never went below a .95 for more than a year and a half afterwards. One of the long-term goals of these statistics is to track these spot ratings and FLW scores for the entirety of a wrestler's career. If we are able to do this, we could see Johnny Valentine's rise up the cards beginning with his earliest matches as a pro in the late 1940s, seeing how he fared in every territory he wrestled in along the way, and looking at who he feuded with during each and every stop in a different territory. Now, for more information on Johnny Valentine in Mid-Atlantic, his feuds, and the other wrestlers talked about on this podcast, please visit the Mid-Atlantic Gateway site at midatlanticgateway.com. They also have a number of books available for purchase. And if you want to read about Johnny in a completely different light, there's a wonderful article on Slam Wrestling written by John Molinaro in June 2001 when he interviewed Johnny's wife Sharon less than two months after Johnny passed away. Thanks for listening to Stats 101. You can reach me on Twitter at AlGetsWrestling with any questions you have about anything discussed on the podcast. Stats 101, part of the Charting the Territories podcast feed, can be found wherever you get your favorite podcasts and at ChartingTheTerritories.com.